I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. And welcome to the Dreamcast, the first time in several months, first time of 2017, and the first one since the Cubs won the World Series. How great does that sound, man? It sounds great. Actually, uh, like I said in Dreamcast Zero, it has actually been more than a year. It's been almost a year and a half since we've done one of these because we've both been so super busy. And honestly, yeah, I wanted to do one almost immediately after the Cubs won the World Series, but we just never had the time. And then, you know, we were both so just so busy that today is seriously the first day since right before the 2015 playoffs that we were able we were able to be together so yeah it's great i mean the cubs won the world series our blog name is it's still world series dreaming it's still world series dreaming yes because you always dream for more i mean i want the cubs to win more i'm always dreaming of them winning another world series and how great would it be if they won back-to-back? And they have the rosters to do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And honestly, there's there's only one spot to, to figure out right now, along with who's going to be like the lefty reliever or something. But honestly, it's just the final bench spot to, to be decided. And everything else is in place. The core for last year's contender is still in place. It's crazy. Like how little we ha- we've had to worry about this spring. Yeah, I mean the biggest loss, hands down, is Dexter Fowler. It sucks to lose him. It hurts that he's going to St. Louis, but I think we'll be okay. Albert Elmore is a hands down far better defender than Fowler. Fowler was. Everyone that's played with him in the minors has basically said he's the best defensive player they've ever seen. And so, and they take a f- several steps up in defense. I mean, I'm not saying Fowler is bad on defense, but Almore has the ability to be great. And the offense, yeah, he provided great offense out of that leadoff spot. But we're hopefully going to have a full year of Kyle Schwarber. And offensively, he should be a lot better than Fowler was. And you've got to expect Jason Hayward to have a much better offensive year than he had last year. Plus, we have a full year of Wilton Contreras. So I think offensively, they're going to be fine. Defensively, they're going to be great. I mean, I'm just excited. This is going to be a great year. Yeah, and I know some fans might be, like, freaking out because a lot of the core guys are slumping in the spring. But just from what I've seen and what I've heard, like, Jason Hayward's been hitting a lot more balls in the air. And today he hit a monster home run which we love to see. I think he's seeing the ball better. Like, even the outs, they sound loud. Like, everything that he's hitting is loud. His batting practice sessions seem better. It's just a matter of timing. And I think if he gets in a few games, if the Cubs are patient, he'll have a bounce-back season. And, like, our hope is that he's good enough that he wants to opt out in a couple of seasons. Yeah, because they have this kid, Ian Happ, down in the minors that are that's same proving that he should be up there now but they don't have a spot for him yeah like the catastrophe is if everybody gets hurt then of course you got to play ian hat but 
you, you don't want that happening. The Cubs have been incredibly lucky with their health so far. Like the past few seasons, nobody has gotten seriously hurt. Like last outside year, of Schwarber. Well, yeah, Schwarber and Dexter Fowler obviously went down for a little bit uh, uh, around the All Star break, but for the most part, the rotation's been healthy. Like the the core has been healthy. Nobody sat out too too long, except for like you know day to day injuries and. You can't really expect that to happen, but to know that there are guys down in the minors like Ian Happ or even, you know, if you're taking talking about a stretch, guys like John Andreoli or Bijan Radmacher, uh, they they can come up and be a decent fourth outfielder if need be. And if push comes to shove, they got Jimenez down, down in the minors, who's looking great as well. And they have a lot of positional depth. The pitching depth is kind of what I worry about. They have a couple arms in the minors that can come up, but pitching depth, you can never, ever have enough pitching. Yeah, and it's nice right now that they have, like, six guys who can start that are going to be on the 25-man roster. They got a couple of guys who might be bounce-back candidates and Alec Mills and Eddie Butler. But, uh, yeah, it, it stands to reason that the Cubs might trade a few more of their prospects for like a cost-controlled starter or even a rental starter come the trade deadline. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I would love to keep Ian Happ, but just the consensus is there's nowhere to put him. So just like they did with Glaber Torres uh, last year to trade for a Roldis Chapman, maybe just flip him for somebody who has a few years of arbitration left or, you know, that you can try to extend. Mm-hmm. And the bullpen even looks even better than last year. And last year's bullpen was pretty damn good. Yeah. And we have like, we have three or four guys that can fill in as closer if need be. And oh wait, we also have Mike Montgomery who got the final out in the World Series. That was fun. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. The love affair with us is quite a romance. But until now, the story stayed the same. But you changed the script, so we celebrate together. Could it be our hero's moment? Could they stop? I think I was d- talking on the... Uh on the beta test Dreamcast about this, because as we we kind of forgot to tell tell everybody, this is going to be like the restart. This is basically Dreamcast number one, even though Mo, Mauricio Rubio helped us uh, start the first one, and then we we tried to pick up the slack after he left for uh, Baseball Prospectus, and now he and now he's with the Cardinals. Yeah, he, he's our favorite. He is trader. a re- he's a real traitor. He, he's our favorite traitor though. Oh, of course. Yeah. Maybe one day we can get him on to talk Cardinals baseball with us when we have a Cubs-Cardinals matchup coming up. That might be fun, but as a as a area scout, I don't think he's able to, just contractually speaking, I don't know that he's able to. And then we'll just shoot the shit with him. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll give him a hard time. <laughs> but, but yeah, maybe one day he'll scout for one of the Chicago teams like he really probably wants to. Anyway, this is going to be Dreamcast number one, and uh, we just felt felt like uh, it's necessary to explain that. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it, it was nice to see that the uh, beta test was working, and our pod 
new new podcast uh, hosting is working and everything just seems to be in ship shape. We just need people to ask questions. Then you know this is the first time we've had to do this with just us, and we are technologically impaired, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but I, I think I got this figured out. This this is kind of cool. Through the good times and the bad times, we stood beside you every day. Okay, so let's start with the World Series, man. What was your favorite moment outside of the final out? Yeah, so the reason why I talked about the the big the beta test is because uh, I did talk a little bit about that. Uh, my wife and I were watching it uh, during during games game seven, just you know, on the couch watching it on our big screen, and then I realized, oh man, I got to go to bed next day, so I'll just get ready for bed. We have a TV in our bedroom, so we were just kind of, kind of watching it, hoping for the best. Uh, the Cubs were up six to three after Grandpa Rossi hit that home run, and that was probably uh, my favorite part up to the bottom of the eighth inning. Oh God, <laughs> you knew it wouldn't be easy with the Cubs. And, and even you knew. We, yeah, and after we we got the DVD, like I, I would sit through it and I'd just cringe, you know, kind of like. For the longest time, I would not watch uh, the 2003 NLCS because of the thing that happened for, with the gentleman that we won't mention because he doesn't need any more more grief from us, right? But uh, it was kind of like that for me, except this time the outcome was a lot better. So I just cringed right through it. And then, you know, the other favorite part, of course, is the top of the tent. It was just amazing. The entire game. I mean... I'll never be able to watch that eighth inning without getting sick to my stomach watching the game-tying home run. Even knowing the Cubs won that game, I'm always going to feel sick to my stomach when I, when I see that happen. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you, just annoying. <laughs> you knew the Cubs wouldn't make it easy. You can't break a 108-year curse, whatever you want to call it, without yeah. one final scare like oh god they're gonna do it again but as you know they didn't do it they won and it it was fun theo was talking on the radio shortly after they they won how everything just lined up perfectly the 2015 draft pick got on base the the um 2014 guy hit the sack fly the 2013 his very first pick i believe Maybe it was 2012. Yeah. And then Mr. Zobrist knocked him, knocked him in. Nicky Montero drove, drove him in. Oh, drove in Rizzo. And it's just all flying together, man. Let's uh, just kind of look this up. I, I think 2014 was Schwarber. Uh, 2015 was Hap. So Hap is, was still in the <laughs> Okay, okay. So it was 14, 13, 12. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, you had Javi Baez, who was 2011, and that was before Theo. So Javi made a good good play or two, and he also hit a home run in that game off mm-hmm. of Corey Kluber, I believe. So every draft pick, you know, from the one right before Theo through, you know, the most recent drafts were, was contributing, just like you said. And it sucked, right? Like, the Cubs were down three games to one. 
and uh-huh. I mean, every single game, I, 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 I think we had time to blog. We were just like, yeah, you know, this sucks, but you know, they, ha- the Indians haven't won four games yet. So let's just keep on hope. And so I kept amending my pick. Okay. You know, the what Indians won, they're up to the one. Let's go Cubs in six. Cause that was my original pick. And now that they're down three to one, it's just, oh man, it, it's going to be really tough, but Hey, they're still alive because they, you got to win four games out of seven to win the World Series. So let's amend our pick. Cubs in seven. Hope for the best. They win game five. Cool. Cool. By the skin of their teeth because, you know, Cleveland scored first and we felt like doom and gloom. But then ultimately the Cubs won. And then game six happened and they blew, blew the uh, Indians out of the water. And that was great. And now it's even. So even after they tied the game in the bottom of the eighth, you were like, okay, as long as they don't go ahead, as long as they don't walk off, the Cubs have a chance. And ultimately that proved to be the case. Mm-hmm. And there were so many great contributions. Through, even when they were down 3-1, to one, David Ross stood up and said, how many times have you won three games in a row all season? We've done it numerous times. So we can do it now. It's not over yet. We're not going to do it. You had Rizzo. And this came out the other day. Only Rizzo could pull this off. Apparently, stark naked, all three games, he gave his rally cry, his his his, his inspirational speech before game five, before game six, before game seven. Stark naked, yeah, each and every time. Rocky routine, right? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty yeah. good. Uh, the wife is hoping for pictures of that, of course, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I'm sure there are many women, female Cubs fans, and maybe even a few men who want to see that. Well, you know, not that there's anything but, wrong with that. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. He's quite an attractive mm-hmm. fellow. Let's just go with that. And the other attractive fellow of the Brizzo Souvenir Company got married while we were in pro- extended podcast hiatus. It's absolutely perfect. Won the MVP while we were on hiatus. In addition to the World Series, so that was nice. The, the Cubs are just loaded, man. I, I, I'm very, very happy that, like, when we started this blog together, uh, well, you started in and then I jumped in, like, we were just hoping and hoping that somebody would come in and rebuild the Cubs the right way, and it ultimately happened, mm-hmm. and I think our patience really paid off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I got in on the ground floor with Theo when he came in. That's when I became a season ticket holder. I knew the first few years were going to be just complete crap, and they were. They were horrible seasons. It was hard to watch. I hated going to the games. I was felt like I was throwing my money away. felt like it was more of a chore than fun. But the past two years made everything worthwhile, man. And then seeing that final out with the Cubs winning that final game, that was nice. Where were you? Were you just at home watching with the fam, or were you at a bar? I was home. Yeah, I, I mean, I championship home. games, I don't like being surrounded by a bunch of people. Yeah. Unless I'm, like, actually at the park. Right. Because uh, yeah, that's, you... like, a very intimate moment right there when you're just waiting for something to happen. You want to enjoy it just yourself and those you actually know and love with you. Which one did you end up going to? Was it game three or game four? That you went to. I went to. I was actually at Game Three. Yeah, because I know you got to go to a World Series game for the first time in like anybody's life, basically. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was. And fun. if you, if you go to her Facebook page, I actually recorded the very first pitch 
Yeah. Throwing at Wrigley Field in the World Series in 70-some years. Yeah, that was nice. And, uh, you know, the wife and I play with the idea of going to Wrigley, but we are just like, no, there, there are like 80 billion people there. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're never going to be able to get home. And, you know, I, I only have a certain number of sick days. You probably do, too. So it, it's not something that uh, we working types can often do. And, you know, you, you, you said stuff about it sucking when the Cubs basically were not good and during the rebuild. But, honestly, those oh, were some, horrible. Of my, some of my favorite times because I got to see the prospects grow up in the, um, in the minors. And I also got to go to a lot of games for either free or super cheap because nobody wanted mm-hmm. to go to the games. So that was good for me. Uh, right now, like I can only afford to go to maybe one or two games a year because the Cubs are so good and so popular. Like, there's absolutely no way I, I can afford to go more, much more than that anymore, which is fine. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. The Cubs be good than not, right? But oh, absolutely. Yeah, and then you have to hold like seven jobs just to pay off the season ticket. So, but obviously you think it's worth uh, it. working two jobs to pay off a wedding. Oh wow! Which, by the way, I'm getting married in August. If right. you're interested, dreamers. Yeah. Uh, um, that's another reason why I've been have been kind of absent, planning a wedding and all that. Not takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But it's pretty much planned right now, so. We're good to go. I got more time, even though I'm working two jobs. I am back just in time for the Cubs season to start again. Yeah, but yeah our season ticket package went up about 15% <laughs> this year. <laughs> it's not fun. No. Not no. fun at all. No. Obviously. If the Cubs like, win another World Series, if the Cubs win another World Series, I might have to give up my season tickets because those prices just keep going up and up and up. Right. So. If you want, if anybody out there wants to join a season ticket package next year or maybe the year after, send us an email. We might want to take on a third party, yeah. maybe a fourth party if need be. Oh yeah, so. totally. <laughs> because uh, I, I I've been to your seats and that was very generous of you to offer. By the way, and I really appreciate it. And they are very nice seats, so they're obviously not, like, right next to the dugout or anything, but you get a great view from where you're sitting, and, like, those are not cheap. And now that they've put in, like, new seats and new amenities, they're definitely not going to be cheap, particularly since, you know, the Ricketts have to pay for everything themselves. Yeah, I mean, everybody's complaining about the high ticket prices, and, yeah, they're the most expensive tickets in baseball right now. On the market, on the secondary market, just forget about it. Those are going to rob you blind. But consider everything that your ticket prices are paying for. It's paying for the roster on the field. It's helping to pay for innovations, which we desperately needed. Yeah, the video board advertisement is helping, but they can only do so much. And just imagine how much the ticket prices would have gone up if not for those video boards and that advertisement that's coming in. Right. That's or, probably saving you a lot of money. Or the Budweiser sign, or you know the Ricketts now controlling the rooftops and all that. Uh, that's that's pretty important. I, I think like a lot of these revenue streams, like Wrigley's getting many more concerts than they did in the previous couple of years combined. So it's 
It's great. The plaza is probably going to be great for revenue. Uh, you know, they're, they might be charging rent to like farmers market people or whatever. Uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity out there and it's really good to have a family that, you know, even if they are politically wacky, it's a good to have a family that, <laughs> that knows how to run a baseball team the right way. And it, it's amazing. Like a few years ago, you would never have thought this, but now the Cubs are like a model franchise and it's, mm -hmm. it's just fun. And you can call Ricketts cheap, greedy, whatever you want, but you can't call him a liar. He's done everything he said he would do. Every one of his goals, including bringing the Cubs a World Series championship. He said he was going to find a baseball man to run his franchise and that he would keep his mouth and his nose and everything out of the baseball business and let his baseball guy run the franchise. That's what he did when he got Theo. He's letting Theo do whatever he wants. And Theo has done each and every single thing he said he would do. I mean, I dare anybody to find one promise Epstein made that he has not already fulfilled. He's built the cup from the ground up. He's restocked the farm. He's won us a series. He's making us competitive year in and year out. Everything he's promised has come true, which is probably why he was voted upon as the top world leader. By Forbes, right? Beating out the Pope. Oh, by Forbes, yes. He beat out the Pope by two spots. I don't even think our current president was, is on that list or any of the past president or anyone that ran against him. I'll have to check Forbes <laughs> later, but that was kind of surprised. And I think Theo has the proper attitude. Like, you know, I don't like the spotlight. I, I, he obviously <laughs> likes being paid a lot of money, which, you know, he absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely deserves the extension. I think Theo's quote was priceless, though. Yeah. What did he say? Uh, Theo's quote, Theo said in response, that's ridiculous. I can't even get my dog to stop peeing in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love Theo, man. Yeah. Like he, 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 he's like Listerine, right? You remember Listerine? He says what he does. Oh, yeah. He says. <laughs> so he, he, he's pretty good about that. I feel like the team's been built the right way. Like obviously everybody's bought in. Like you look at the the complex in Mesa with the, the mural of just everybody celebrating the Cubs World Series victory outside of Wrigley Field. Like, we kind of wanted to be there, but at the same time, we didn't, you know, want to die or anything. Like I, I, I value my life, and yeah, I actually I, want to watch the game, not look at, at the at the marquee or, and listen on the radio. I want to watch it happen. Yeah. No offense to any of you that are actually out there celebrating, but I prefer watching the championship game as opposed to listening to it and staring at the marquee. But, oh, hey, that's me. Yeah. yeah, and the cool thing is a new office building right next to Wrigley Field is supposed to have a big screen, and I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I don't know if anybody said anything, but I, I feel like they should show in-game action or highlights uh, to the people in the plaza, that would be a great use of it in addition to like advertisements. But uh, I was just remarking that for all the people outside Wrigley Field, it seemed like they were just so happy that nobody wanted to murder each other. Like there were very, <laughs> very few arrests that night. Mm -hmm. I think they said there was six. Yeah, celebrating and hugging, and there had to be at least like 500,000 people outside of Wrigley Field. 
at that that point. Then you go to the parade. Did you go to the parade, by the way? Unfortunately, I had to work. I was not one of the estimated five million people that was outside there. Well, my wife and kid and one of our former former friends, Alyssa, they they or she is our friend. She's just not in Chicago anymore. Uh, so she, they all went and they were part of the five million. Had a lot of fun. They actually got to see the buses drive by and they got a glimpse of the World Series trophy. So that was a great experience. And you know, the the day of the parade, something like ten teachers called off. So I, I spent most of the day just playing the condensed game of the Cubs game seven because <laughs> nobody wanted to do anything. They were just celebrating, even though. White Sox fan kids were just like, you know, begrudgingly, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what all those guys are going to do going forward now. The Cardinal fans, the White Sox fans. What insult are they going to throw at us? I don't know. They can't throw lovable losers at us. They can't say 1908. They can't talk about a goat or a fan or a cat anymore. Now those are all just humorous footnotes in the Cubs' history. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. For this segment, I have my son. This is Jason. Say hi, Jason. Hello. I'm a son. And we're going to talk a little bit about young people and baseball. As you may or may not know, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, is trying to push through some edicts to try to speed up the pace of play and to try to bring in young fans. And I thought, well, what other way to do it then? Let's bring in a young fan and see what he thinks. Okay, so there are some things I like about baseball that I will tell you about. You know how baseball is easy to follow? Unlike some other sports that you may or may not like, I will not name those sports, just so reasons. Just reasons. But what I'm going to talk about is why it's so easy to follow, because the rules are simple. It's also fun to watch because you can see actually different things about it. Like what? One thing would probably be how... The ball is pitched, our different reactions, and the base running. It's unique. Yeah. Do you like home runs? Yes. Home runs are probably the best part about this. Yeah. So, were you happy when the Cubs won the World Series? As soon as I heard your scream, I was like, holy crap, 108 years, yes. All right. So, uh, what the commissioner is trying to do is to speed up the pace of play, and just from observations, I've taken you to baseball games since you were like two. We went to the White Sox first, and we didn't actually go to the Cubs game until maybe a couple of years later when you were like four or five. But it seemed like you had a lot of fun. You know, we met Ronnie Woo Woo, so we have a picture of that. You got like your first baseball, which we still have, and Anthony Rizzo signed it. And still in your room. So what did you like about that first time? That first time? Probably the fact that I actually got to run the base. And a couple of years later, when I was six, I got to run the base again. And when I was 11, about a year ago, I got to run the base again. But what was special about the... I think it was the sixth time that we got... Or sixth year that I got... But the ball signed, right? 
Yeah, well, I went to the Cubs convention and got signed, but I caught the ball for you because uh, we were waiting for batting practice and we got the foul ball and you just kind of held it for the entire game. So thankfully, you didn't actually throw it back into the field because that would be, that would be sucky. But uh, yeah, you still have it. Do you remember when we went with your grandpa? Uh, yeah, I still remember that. Actually, yeah. Faintly, though. Sadly. Yeah, because grandpa wasn't able to come down to the lower aisles with us, so he sat in the upper aisle with you, and I think you guys had a good time, right? Yeah. What did you guys do? I actually don't remember much. I just remember that we went. Yeah. We. I mean, the Cubs won. You know, we, we got to see Jake Arrieta. That was yeah. fun. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, and we all got bobbleheads. So Grandpa got to take a bobblehead home. He had fun. I still so. have six bobbleheads in my room with ball players. One of them is Babe Ruth, too. Yeah, we got that during the 100th anniversary games. So I think uh, we we both went. Maybe Mommy went. I don't know. Mommy usually doesn't go. It's just you and me, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did go to the Babe Ruth game, huh? Yeah. Derp. Yeah. But uh, that, that time with Grandpa, she didn't go because uh, she went hung out with your auntie while we boys went to the baseball game. What do you like about being in Wrigley Field? What I like about being in Wrigley Field? Other than running the bases since you're like a year away from not being able to do that anymore. That's sad. Yeah. Well, anyway, the thing that I like about being in Wrigley Field is... I like about Wrigley Field is probably... How organized it is, how actually it's pretty decorative too, and where you know how you feel that feeling when you're in a, a cool place with your favorite team? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool feeling in your her home team's place, like your own home. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. I know you like baseball, and sometimes we go out and play catch. You want to learn to bat, so I gotta buy us a bat so we can like throw it around. But when I listen or I when I watch a game uh, at, at home, like on the TV or on the radio, you don't seem to pay attention. Do you know why that is? Um, I think it's more that I like being the person playing instead of the person watching. Aha! Uh -huh. So that's that's a problem. So it's like kids don't mind playing and you know being part of the game when when you're in the stands right so when you're in Wrigley you definitely pay attention because I know you keep track of balls and strikes and you like cheer when the team gets a hit and everything right yeah but when it's on the tv it's like well I'm just sitting here and what what else is new right yeah it's like you're just sitting there watching it and you're like what yeah so it's harder to follow because like you said you can't be at the at the ballpark you know where you could see all the people and you know where exactly everybody is where all the defenders are yeah, right? it's, it's because you don't feel like you're supposed to you, you feel like you're supposed to be there if when you're at the ball game because you're a part of the fan instead of just sitting at home watching from a distance yeah okay so I think we just got to be able to play more and interact more. Do yeah. you think baseball's too slow? Um, sometimes, because there's times where it's slow, like balls and strikes and, and fouls, and sometimes it just doesn't move. 
Yeah, so that's that's probably what the commissioner is saying. He's saying, hey, there's so much dead time, and kids are getting bored. Like, you know, and after, like, two or three hours, like, you, you're a good kid and all, you just don't have an attention span, and that's normal for a 12-year-old kid, right? So you're just like, hey, what's going on here? Nobody's moving, and all these balls are flying all over the place, but, you know, they're not in place, so what, what am I doing now? Honestly, I think us kids are about the intensity of a game, mostly. Like, it, they just want to see how intense something is, or how you, how you can just watch, like, what, like, playing a game, for an example, like, a baseball game, because you're actually there, but in the real life, it's more exciting, because you're moving your body and stuff, and you're, and okay. realism. So if we were able to get a bunch of kids together and we all play baseball and, you know, obviously we need safety equipment like helmets and stuff. But if you were actually playing, you'd be more excited even if you had to foul off a bunch of pitches. But when you're at the game and they're doing that. Yeah, and, it's like you know, your shoulders are resting on your team's hands. You cannot fail this right now. Otherwise, yeah. your team will be disappointed in you. Yeah, but... You like playing baseball video games because we, you know, when uh, our friend came over and we downloaded a few baseball games, you like playing those and you like hitting home runs. And when you play like Wii Sports with the baseball, you like to pitch and bet. So you like the activity. So what part of baseball do you think is intense? What part? The home runs, the runs that like running the first base, second base, third base, and home plate. Another part would be the defenses and offenses, but... Yeah, yeah. so you like when, say, like I show you a video of Javi Baez making a play, you would like that, right? Because he makes really nice plays. Yeah, I'd be like, ooh, it's, it's a really intense moment. I hope he gets that, or he misses that, or he doesn't make it, or this guy... Yeah. Hey, or he defends. Yeah, basically, let's have a good outcome for the Cubs. Yes. All right. Because I support the Cubs. Yeah. So let's think about the next game that we're going to go to. May 20th, we're going to get a new bobblehead. We're going to go together as a family. Are you excited about that? Yes, because it's going to be nice going back to the Wrigley Field because... Um, you know what's going on there, right? They, yeah. they rebuilt it. They built a bunch of it. Yeah, we, got, we also got the tickets from some friends, and we're actually thankful for that because of the World Series. The ticket prices are probably going to go skyrocketing. Yeah, well, these these one we we bought ourselves, but uh, the last time we went, like you know, a bunch of friends helped us out, so that was yeah. nice. But this time we actually have to pay for ourselves. But it wasn't actually that bad, right? No, it did go up. You're right, because the World Series made us well. Really, really, but, really popular. Yeah, really popular, really good. And good and popular means people are going to pay through the nose. And thankfully, we were able to get cheapish seats once single game tickets went on sale. So, that's something to look forward we to. We should also probably get some binoculars. Yeah, we have binoculars. That's fine. We'll, we'll get you your ice cream, ice cream helmet. Ice cream. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Do you wish there was something else that they would do at Wrigley Field for kids? Hmm. 
Like a room where kids could do activities while watching baseball. Yeah, so like with a TV, but you can, you know, actually throw a ball at a target or yeah. be in a batting cage. That would be fun. Yeah. Wrigley's kind of small, though. Yeah, it's kind of small, but if they like, if they added a basement floor that where they could do that, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, unfortunately, the basement floor is going to be for all the rich people. That's why they put a big hole in the in the behind home plate, and now they covered it up. But uh, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll we'll send an email or something to Theo and <laughs> and Crane Kenny, right? Do you like the new bear mascot? The bear mascot, bears, bears. I like. Bears. No, not the Chicago Bears. Clark the Cub. Yeah, I know Clark the Cub. I like I like the animal bears. Oh yeah. Well, no, you know, like uh, <laughs> let's not talk about the bears for now. Well, that's all Jason has time for right now. He's gonna go off and play some video games. But, because uh, I am a gamer, and but this podcast was fun to do. All right. We'll have you back some other time. All, all right. right. See you. Bye. It was more than just a game. for us it, it kind of hurt but we never actually super cared about it because we knew that at some point if this was built right they would be perennial contenders and it's looking like that's going to be the case like i did a piece about the how, how the finances were looking and how they were staggering all the arbitration eligible players and how like even after they traded it seems like half the farm for Aroldis Chapman they were still able to be middle of the pack in terms of farm system rankings so this franchise is on solid footing going forward for many many years and so we don't have to be concerned about anybody else and for the first time in a very, very long time, everybody else is looking up at the Cubs, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take another look at the season that's coming up. As you said, there's one roster bat spot that's left. That's the extra infielder in Tommy LaStella or the extra outfielder with Matt Caesar. I mean, some might think that LaStella has the upper hand because he's a left-handed bat. But it's looking more and more likely that Matt Caesar is going to actually win that spot with Tom Lestella being sent to Iowa. That That's one of the things that I've been thinking of until, you know, Joe Madden said that thing about how he thought maybe Matt Caesar had been showing off really good stuff all spring long. And Tommy Lestella, unfortunately, had gotten hurt early in the spring and... You know, he's starting to rack up the hits, so it, it's all good for him. But uh, it, it sounds like he's also willing to go down to Iowa, if need be, to accommodate Caesar. So, like, there, there's a couple of things running through my head. Like, if they can't have room for Caesar, then obviously he's exposed to waivers, and he's going to be claimed right away by a lot of teams. And that means that the Cubs don't have as much leverage as you would like in a trade. But if they are able to option uh, Tommy Lestella and Lestella is willing to do that and not just go on like a three-week vacation to New Jersey or whatever, then that means that Buck Cubs can buy time to stash Caesar on the 25-man roster and allow teams to like you know give up a legitimate package for him. Like he's not going to get too much. He's still ultimately a backup outfielder, but. He's still valuable, you know, as a pinch runner and as a pinch hitter and as a defensive 
replacement. So there's a lot of value in that, and you you can score like a decent ish prospect or a lottery ticket that way. Mm-hmm. And we know the Braves are interested. There's been rumors about the Braves looking at him, but again, there might not be a great package coming back. He's one of those guys that you want to keep, but you'd be okay losing if you had to. But yeah, I'm hoping we can keep him. I like Caesar. Yeah. Plus we have that, that nice Caesar Harold Caesar meme. Yeah, that's floating it's around. Just the memes, but it's, he's just like a legitimately good guy. It seems like all almost all the Cubs, like even jo- John Lackey, can be considered either good clubhouse guys or just good human beings all all overall, right? So it's not like we want to get rid of him, but ultimately, if oh no, twenty fifth man is the only issue on this team, then we are in excellent shape. Like, obviously, there's worries about Pedro Strope and Hector Rondo going back to their, like, elite forms, but I, I feel like they they can get that figured out. When you consider they're going to be the 6th and 7th guys in the bullpen for the 6th and 7th inning, oh, yeah. that's seventh pretty damn eighth. good. Yeah, 7th or 8th or 6th or 7th. Like, they can pretty much mix and match all the relievers i i feel like they've built such a versatile team that joe can literally be a sabermetrician when he deploys you know he doesn't have to do anything traditionally Mm -hmm. and all the guys seem to buy into the fact that they have to be versatile like ben zobrist was supposed to be the everyday second baseman and then javi baez decided you know what just kind of exploded on the scene yeah and so Zobrist, being the good clubhouse guy that he is, says, well, you know, Javi's a better defender than I am. I'll, I'll just go in, play wherever you want me, and I'll get my hits. But Javi's going to help us win because he's going to, he and Addison Russell are going to lock up that infield. And with uh, Brian and Rizzo at the corners, they're not slouches either, right? Uh, it should be pretty good. Yeah. Out of the four, Brian is probably the worst defensive player in the infield. But he's not a bad defensive out, uh, infielder at all himself. Yeah. We could have three gold glovers on the infield. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I have no doubt that Russell can win a gold glove. Baez, he, sh- he showed what he can do defensively in the playoffs. He had his awakening right there. Yeah. And Rizzo just won a gold glove already. Yeah. Brian's getting better every day, every game with his defense. Yeah, I don't think he can like Jay, like Madden was saying, the Cubs can depete if their defense is up to par what it was last year. Yeah. And how stupid does Steve Stone look right now? All throughout last season, he was saying, "Oh, the Cubs aren't that good defensively." No, they and they were like they kind the of just best <laughs> off our defense in like basically MLB history. Uh, I don't think Bryant will ever be better overall than say nolan arenado but he he can be better and he really wants to be better and that's wonderful to hear from someone who just won the mvp and the world series <laughs> yeah he says he wants to get better but i'm not sure how much better he can get other than on defense yeah. well, I, offensively he's just smacking the cover off the ball i guess he could hit like 10 more home runs this year then that would be nice <laughs> Cut down his strikeouts yeah. a little bit, improve the batting average a little bit. Start spraying the yeah, ball. He can get better, but... Yeah. Opposite field hitter again. All fields hitter, so they don't shift on them as much. We'll, we'll see. 
I, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of things that these guys haven't grown into yet. They're still so young, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely. So earlier, my son and I were a, able to do like a quick, just you know, father son conversation about what makes uh, baseball great for kids. Uh, he's twelve now, and I've been taking him to baseball games since he was like two. Uh, on the regular, like almost once every year, even more uh, since he was four or five. So he's very familiar with the game of baseball. He likes to play catch. He wants to learn to bat. And he, he was saying a lot of stuff about how baseball is fun, but he doesn't like watching it on TV because it's just so slow. And that this kind of plays into uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred's idea that the pace of play needs to be improved. Now, over the offseason, when we were on hiatus, there were a lot of really stupid rules that came out. And I'm sure, Ben, <laughs> you would like to say stuff about that. I don't mind trying to speed up the game here or there where it makes sense. Maybe cutting down on the commercial breaks. But eliminating the intentional walk is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever seen. You no longer have to throw four pitches to walk a guy. You just use some sort of hand signal, motion, maybe give him a finger, point at first base. I don't think they've decided yet, but I hate that rule. By doing so, you eliminate a lot of the a lot of the strategy that can go into the game, a lot of the chance. There's always a chance that you might accidentally throw it away from the catcher and the guy on base can advance. Then there's always the Miguel Cabrera or the, the Vlad Guerrero who swing at everything. And if you're trying to walk them, they can get a hit and screw you guys over. Yeah, I know, right? And the guys that beat the intentional walk happen often, but now you don't have that chance. Yeah, and... Uh... But I want to guess that a lot of people are going to still intentionally walk guys with that old unintentional, intentional walk trying to pitch around them trying to get get them out by swinging at bad pitches. But I don't like that they got rid of the intention, the auto, the four pitches for the intentional walk. Yeah. I, That's I, just garbage. Yeah, I think I feel where you're coming from. Like, you should penalize the pitcher some by making him throw four balls out of the zone, uh, make him just lose his rhythm, make him lose the zone, make him waste those pitches. At the same time, it doesn't actually save that much time. And I think it saves like 12 seconds. Maybe. Like, you know. Per instance. It, it might be something like a minute at most. But uh, you're, you're not going to save that much time. And honestly, all they have to do is enforce the rule that's already written. Like, you're supposed to, when there are no men on base, you're supposed to deliver a pitch within 12 seconds of when the catcher gets it back to you. And if you keep the guy in the box, he doesn't, like, go out of the box to scratch his balls or adjust his cup or adjust his batting gloves or spit out his chewing tobacco or whatever. Uh, you save his seconds here or there. And now, like kids like my son, who don't have as much of an attention span, they're not bored because there aren't, isn't as much dead time. And that's really the crux of what Rob Manfred is trying to do is to reduce dead time. Yeah, baseball games can be long, especially if you're talking about Yankees, Red Sox. But the thing is, they always have something happening. They're 
drawing walks. They are going to smack the ball around. They're going to score a lot, and that's going to increase the time of the game. I don't think the time of the game is the issue, and it, it's more of what's happening in between pitches, in between innings. That's mo more likely the issue. And so there's like a lot of things you could do. You could reduce commercial breaks, which has its own set of, you know, it's a whole new can of worms, right? Because now if I reduce commercial breaks, I am losing revenue, but there's got to be ways that you could adjust for that too. And that's something MLB has been considering as well. It is a slow moving game. And that's part of the beauty of it. But the way they're trying to save time, it's just ridiculous. And they can also try to find a way to make the replays go faster. Yeah, I mean, I especially when it's a very obvious replays take way too long. Yeah, I think they're trying to reduce it to a two minute replay. And uh, they're going to also make it so that managers can't stall for time for the video guy they have to say something within 30 seconds or else it's kind of like the nfl if you don't throw the flag before the next play is set up then you're done right so that might good help. yeah the most stupid rule though and the one that mlb has admitted that they're not going to implement at the at the highest level is the man on second to start extras rule oh thank god that just be stupid that's pretty much a given that that run's going to score. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's very likely to score. Let's just say that, and that happens for the visitors team. Like you're trying to say that this is going to help reduce stress on pitchers, but honestly, if you have a man on base, you're pitching from the stretch, and you can't like do your jiggly things uh, during the windup because there is a guy on base, and anything you do outside of being in the stretch is going to be considered a balk, right? So you're already stressed. Uh -huh. And now you know that with a man in scoring position, less than but, but, no outs, right? He's going to bunt. That, that, that's just what old school mm -hmm. managers do. They're going to bunt. And then once they bunt, there's an out. So now you're going to intentionally walk the guy to set up double play. And now you've added two minutes of stupidity where you're trying to reduce the amount of time of, of the game or improve the pace of play. And you saw this with the World Baseball Classic. Like, they start uh, every inning after the 11th with first and second occupied no outs. And guess what happens? The team almost invariably but the bunts. The other team, uh, the defending team, invariably walks the next guy. And then suddenly the visitors team has the advantage because the home team is stressed. They know that if they allow a run to score, now the floodgates are going to open. And that happened with the uh, Dominican Republic a few times uh, during, during the tournament. They, they just scored like five runs in the top of the inning, and there's no like no hope whatsoever for the home team now. So so it's like an unfair advantage. Yeah, I don't really care about... Go ahead. I'm not a big fan of the World Baseball Classic. I can't understand how they lost. That roster was stacked. And, yeah, the American Team USA played better, but they didn't have the best players. As evident by the three best American-born players not being on team. You didn't have Bryce Harper. You didn't have Chris Bryant. You didn't have Mike Trout. The three best American-born players were not on the team. And Team USA somehow won the entire thing. Yeah. 
I mean, so was, I guess you yeah. have to have the best players in order to win anything anymore. Yeah, this uh, based on a round robin and a lot of the teams, uh, they don't have as many MLB caliber players as some of the other, right? Like, uh, obviously, Japan has a lot of good professional players because they have the NPB, which is basically quad A level. Um, mm -hmm. Korea has their own professional baseball league. They they're pretty good, uh, but you look at the place like Team Israel. Israel has to basically, you know, assemble a Jew crew. And I say that because uh, they they had this wonderful T-shirt and they had to mention the bench and everything. But they, <laughs> they had to scramble to find enough Jewish players to to even fill the roster. So. Uh, with the round robin system, though, like you said, you you don't have to be the best. You just have to win at the right time, and that happens for the first couple of rounds. Like you just have to play better than the other team. You only have to play them once. It's not like a three, a five game series or a seven game series. You just gotta win that particular day, and then you don't have mm -hmm. to play them again that round. So you're right. Yeah, it, it's set up for maximum surprise. Like. Kind of like March Madness. So we're down to what? About 10 days? 8 days? Before the season kicks off? I believe so. We are now on March 25th. The season starts on April 2nd. So that is 8 days. It's Andre Dawson. As of this recording, anyway. Yeah. So by the time it gets published, we'll probably be down to 7 or 6. Yeah, less than a week. Let's go with less than a week. Less than a week. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get yeah. one more in. We can make some predictions before the season starts. Make sure you check out our blog often at WorldSeriesDreaming.com. Our guy Andy, who's at Behind the Ivy, yeah, will have whoa. all the um, division previews for all the teams. Yeah, and uh, we'll put the handles in the show notes. There's Ben, our fearless leader. At WSDreaming underscore Cubs. I am Ken, aka Rice Cube, at Cubic Snarconia. You might have heard our interstitial music. Thanks to Rich Deanna for helping us with this because, you know, we are a small time operation. We don't have a lot of funds, so it's nice not to having to pay someone royalties. But, you know, obviously, if we could afford it, we would. It's a great song, and we'll put the iTunes link on the show notes as well you want to download it and support rich it really is a great song he's another for a uh, former dreamer that made good yeah. happy to have worked with him yeah, and he very he proud of him got to go to a world series game too it's a wonderful story uh that that happened to him like a lot of his friends just ponied up and said hey rich you're going to the world series because you're the best guy i know and it, it just shows you it pays to be a good guy Mm -hmm. I think he was sent to uh, game four. Well, yeah. Or yeah, was it too, game five? Too bad he I think it was game five. He went to game four. It's too bad he didn't see a Cubs win, but anybody who got your tickets for game five, they, they got the good deal. <laughs> no, I didn't, have, I didn't have tickets for game five. I had for three and four. Oh, okay. So you sold your ticket for game four. Anyway, whoever went mm -hmm. to game five, though, they, they got to see history, essentially. First World yeah, Series first. win at uh, Wrigley Field in 70-plus years. Mm -hmm. and, and we can't say it enough. The Cubs won the World Series. 
2016 champs, man. man. I'll never get tired of saying it. Well, I'll never get tired of watching that, that game. We'll definitely be dreaming of more. Oh, uh, absolutely. Thank you to, like, the three of you who actually downloaded and listened to this. Uh, hopefully there will be a lot more after that. We're, we're hoping for double digits, and uh, once we get there, let's hope for triple digits and more and more, because, you know, can't have World Series dreaming without dreams. No, absolutely. And if you are listening, send me an email, worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. I might have a surprise for you if you are actually listening. Yeah, yeah. One lucky person might get a bobblehead. So I've, got a, I've got a crap load of bobbleheads I'm trying to get rid of, and then... It's actually moving at some point. Oh, yeah. I, I got like a bunch of old ones. If you want one, I've got Lupinella, Ramirez, I've got a Barrett, I got a Soto, a Castro, Fukudome, a Derek Lee, a Soriano. Yeah. I'm glad. That's Colvin. Yeah, I'm glad you said all those names because I've had to redesign the uh, podcast logo since Mo left pretty much. 75% of those names got traded, so I just took out the names and put in some stitches. <laughs> I've also got a Carlos Zambrano, too. So, again, uh, if you guys want some bobbleheads, let me know. You should send me the Zambrano. I'll take Zambrano. love Zambrano. Zambrano's yours. <laughs> well, once again, thank you all for listening. It's late. We are early risers, and uh, it's way past our bedtime. So thank you very much for listening. WorldSeriesDreaming.com Love you guys. Talk to you soon. And as you raise that flag forever Only you can lay the claim In our hearts we'll burn the fire you flame It was more than just a game